We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. I wanted to end on this one instead of beginning with it, but it is the sense of taste. Taste is a very important thing in our lives. Amen. Taste is something that that, uh, we take for granted maybe until we lose it. Um, I know Tina had an issue with some nasal polyps that took away her sense of smell and taste. Um, She gets that back every now and then now uh, from time to time. And, um, you know, so it's like uh, she's rediscovering some food. She's like, did it always taste that salty? Did it always taste that? You know, um, you don't appreciate what that sense is till you lose it. All right, and some of you that had COVID and you lost your sense of taste, okay, um, you know that can be a rough thing. I know I I I, uh, I pick at my kids sometimes, but uh, Paige, first time I think it was, or second time she come in the house, she said, "I lost my sense of taste." I said, "Girl, you lost your sense of taste years ago." So anyway, <laughs> anyhow, I was just picking at her, just picking at her. But um, sense of taste is something is a blessing in our lives. Amen. Imagine if everything tasted the same, everything was the same. Psalms, Psalms 34, verses 1 through 10. Let's jump into this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I think that's speaking to us today. They looked to him and and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord Lord encamps, uh, uh, encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's say that together. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, your, uh, you, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lion lacks and suffers hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Try it and you'll like it. This was a phrase that I grew up with all my life, especially when you would see commercials for life cereal. There was a young kid named Mikey, and a bunch of them were sitting at the table, and they would look and they would say, I'm not going to try it, you try it. And they would push the bowl of cereal around. Finally, they said, give it to Mikey, he'll try it, he'll try anything. So Mikey tries a bite of the cereal, and then he continues to eat the cereal, and all the kids want the cereal. Just try it, and you'll like it. What am I saying to you today? A lot of us have tried a lot of things to fill the, 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 the hunger in our lives, the void in our lives, but I want to declare to you this morning, why don't you just try Jesus? Why don't you just taste of the Lord and see that he is good? Because if you try it, you may just like it. You may just find that if, if you... 
have tried it in the past, you have tried religion and not relationship. There's a huge difference between having a relationship with God and serving God in a, in a religious mindset. Religion is me doing what I need to do to try to get the attention of a God who really doesn't even care. But when I walk in relationship, that means he's with me and he loves me and he cares about me and he is involved in my life. God wants us to walk in a relationship with him, not just have a religious experience. Why don't you just try it? You may just like it. In other words, taste of him. Consume the things of God in your life and you might find the peace that you've been looking for that seems to elude you. Some people jump from friendship to friendship, relationship to relationship, job to job. They're never making enough money. They're never making enough friends. They're never making enough of this. They never have enough of that. And they're not finding contentment in this life. I want to declare to you this morning, oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. He satisfies the soul. He satisfies your heart. And if you'll give God a chance, God will become what you're looking for. Amen. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Some people read that and say, well, I'm disqualified because that's saints. Saints are gray-haired ladies uh, or blue-haired ladies. That's who a saint is. A saint is somebody that is beyond me. Do you realize the word saint and saved are, are synonymous in the word? In other words, those who were saved were called saints. I wonder if anybody is saved in this room and would like to give God a little praise for that. You know you're going to heaven. Now, if that person clapped their hands, you look over at them and go, you a saint. Come on. Get a little attitude about it. You a saint. You a saint. You know, <laughs> some of them wives going, I live with him. Some of them husbands going, I live with her. But you ain't saying it out loud. You know better. Saints. The assumption here is that once you've tried the product, life cereal, you're going to come back for more. King David assumes the same thing when it comes to one's experience with God. King David had such a relationship with God, he was convinced that anyone ever tasted and saw the Lord that he was good, they would want nothing else. In other words, the dictionary defines taste as to distinguish the flavor of something by taking it into, into the mouth. And the second definition of that is to experience or partake of a sample, especially for the first time, to appreciate and to enjoy now, how many of you like to go to the mountains or you like to go to places and then they got them little samples out there? How many likes fudge? You have them fudge samples. I'll try a little bit of that. Or you go into an ice cream store. You go into to Baskin Robbins and you got to sample all 31 flavors. Okay? Let me ask you this. What if all you ever were exposed to all your life and all you knew about was vanilla? That's the only kind of ice cream you knew about. And then one day, out of nowhere, you, you, know, you live all your life, vanilla is all you've ever had, and somebody takes you to Baskin Robbins. Number one, you're going to look at your parents and say, you lied to me. There was more than just vanilla, okay? There was all these flavors I'd never experienced and never had a chance to try. You know what? You got some folks in this church that don't try nothing. Mason. So, unless he's on vacation, then he'll eat octopus. So, anyway. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying if we do not allow ourselves to taste of the variety that God brings to our lives. I got news for you. My God's spicy. 
My God's flavorful. My God has more than you can handle. And some of us, we got, we got, we got a taste of him at salvation, but that was the only thing we experienced. What if I was to tell you there's so much more to God than you've ever experienced beyond salvation? I am thankful that I'm saved, but that was the introduction into a whole new life with him because I've discovered things about God in my journey with him that have shown me so many different... I've found his mercy is endless. Anybody agree with that? I've found the flavor of mercy in my life. I've found the flavor of grace in my life. I've found the long-suffering of God. Oh, my goodness, aren't you thankful he puts up with us? Oh, my goodness. I've tasted of the Lord, and I've saw that he is good. And I think the reason that some people have not served God with joy or they go through the difficulties of life is because they've never had one thing but one aspect of him, and that was salvation. And I am not undermining that, but that is the doorway into so much more of who God is. Let me ask you this. How many of you that, have, that, that when you got married, you thought you knew who you were marrying, but you discovered somebody whole different person as you journeyed through life together? Amen. Some of y'all, y'all are scared to death. Say amen. Some of y'all scared to death. <laughs> oh my goodness. How many of you have made friends with somebody and on the surface it seemed like, hey, this is a person I clicked with and then a little while later you're going, I don't click so well with you. Matter of fact, you 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 don't mean you don't jive too well. I got news for you. There is all aspects of God, and they are good. I'm going to go back to our table, Jim. You don't like this one. A few years ago, about six, seven years ago now, there was a discussion in uh, Restoration House about the table of the Lord. And I think it was there, what it was there, there was there. We were talking about the table of the Lord, and they were talking about how God sets all these good things on the table, and you just need to try them. And I said, some things he sets on the table, he sets on the table that, that I don't like, but he knows they're good for me. Not everything on the table do I like, but it's good for me. Amen. Somebody said, well, don't pray for patience. Anybody ever heard that? Don't pray for patience. Because if you pray for patience, the Bible says patience comes through trials and tribulations. Guess what? He is a good, good father, and he knows if I need patience in my life, so whether I pray for it or not, it's coming because it's on the table. And he says, you know what? It's good. Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Somebody said, what else is on the table, pastor? Judgment is on the table of the Lord. And we live in a society that's really quick to pop. Don't you judge me. The Bible says don't judge me. And they totally don't even understand the context of that scripture. Do you realize God sets a bowl of judgment on my table and he says, you know what? There's things in the bowl that shows things in your life that don't measure up. But you know why he judges? He judges so that I might be redeemed of that. That I might have those things that are separating me from a closer relationship with him that I might be aware of them. If you were to talk to the apostle Paul, you would say, I believe in the grace of God. He'll say, I believe in the grace of God, but I also believe in the law of God because it is by the law that I know that 
that I was a sinner. And if I had not come to the knowledge that I was a sinner, I would not have known how to get right with him. I would have not, I wouldn't have understood that I had transgressed against him. I want you to understand God shows those things in order to show us love, not to make us feel bad about ourselves. It is to draw us into a closer relationship with him. God has a bowl of don't do's on his table. And we've been told, if you love me, you agree with me. Do you realize that is the most warped point of view our society has today? I can love you and not agree with you. I can love you and not vote for the same person as you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, we need to understand that we are followers. <laughs> I know that on paper I am a citizen of the United States of America, but I'm going to tell you, I am a stranger and I am an alien. And the more I live and the longer I live, I realize I don't belong in this world. I belong in a different place where King Jesus rules. I belong in a different world. Listen, folks, the more you love God, the more you're going to not like this world. And it doesn't mean that the world has all bad things. It does have Baskin-Robbins. It does have cheesecake. Somebody says, I don't like cheesecake. Well, go somewhere else then. Get you the kind of cake you like. This is my message. I like cheesecake. I surprised Tina with a cheesecake for her birthday last year from most. It was a, a uh, brown butter pecan cheesecake. Oh, yeah. It's as sinful as it sounds. It's good. So I asked her, I said, what kind of cake do you want this year? She says, I was thinking that kind of cheesecake. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, they got other food. I was thinking the same thing. Peyton had a birthday. He wants Dr. Pepper cake. Every birthday. You know why he wants Dr. Pepper cake? Because he says, because it's good. That's why. Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. What I'm trying to preach to you today is my Jesus is not bland. My Jesus has life. My Jesus is abundant life. Why don't you try him and see what he can be to you? I want you to understand so many people have fallen in love with the Jesus on Chosen, but I'm convinced he doesn't even hold a candle to the real thing. I believe when you meet the real Jesus, you're going to say, wow, did we get you wrong? I believe when Jesus walked in a room, he lit up the room with the joy and the presence of God. I believe that his very presence demanded our attention. It drew us towards him. Why? Because there was living water coming out of him. There was life flowing out of him. And listen, once you taste of him, guess what happens? It begins to flow out of you. He said, if any man's thirsty, let him come to me and have a drink. And out of him shall flow rivers of living water. We need to bring life into this world, church, and we can't do it till we taste of him. And when we taste of him, we will flow with him out into the world bringing refreshment and life. We volunteered at the ball game on the hottest day. We will not do August next year. No. I'm going to be where I have to have a jacket or I'm not. Amen. <laughs> That's a bad, that was a bad night. So we had gate duty, me and Tina. And they had us a tent. Uh, we got to get some fans up, coach. I just got to tell you, we got to get some fans. 
So we're at the gate, and we're taking tickets at the ball game. And then we thought we had it bad. Then, then those folks with the fryers, they had it worse. But you know what my prayer was? It's hot. It's uncomfortable. But Lord, let the refreshing of the Spirit flow through us to those walking through those gates. You say, but that was just a, no. We are the church. Everywhere we go. Oh my goodness. The building is just a location. When we move down the road, that's just a location. You're the church. You're the source. Guess what? He's saying, out of you shall flow rivers of living water. But first you got to taste of that water. Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. The definition of that is experience or partake, a sample. Why don't you just sample him and see what he is? These senses is a combination with the senses of smell, touch, smell and touch come together in the mouth for, for the full sensation. That's what doctors say. It begins a full sensation of taste. That, that without touch, in other words, texture, we got people in this church, you got issues with texture. Okay. All right. If y'all really want to bless Mitzi, get her a bunch of butterscotch. She loves butterscotch. <laughs> texture. Anybody got issues with texture? Okay, a few of y'all do. Okay. Some of y'all said, no, nah, if it's hot, it's good. So <laughs> But smell, touch, taste. I'm gonna put one in there. Also, hearing is affected as that. You say, how does hearing do that? How many likes the sound? Of frying French fries or frying bacon. I'll put bacon in there. I got one person in here who says, I, I can't wait for heaven, but I hope there's ribs on the table. <laughs> taste of the Lord. To taste means to eat, to discern, to perceive, and to evaluate. I want to say that again. Discern, perceive, and evaluate. Amen? You're sampling stuff into your spiritual diet every day. What are you listening to? What's infiltrating your heart and your soul? What are you tasting of every morning? How do you begin your day? Do you begin your day on social media? Do you begin your day tasting of what others have experienced throughout their evening or their day? You're saying, is there anything wrong with that? No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do believe that, that our first taste of the day ought to be Jesus. Even if it's just a simple prayer. I'm not talking about you getting out of the bed. Some of y'all don't get out of the bed too well. Like the dead in Christ rise every Monday. Come on. But I am talking about beginning your day by just simply saying, God, I need you. I need you today. God, I need you in my life today. I can't do it without you today. So will you just help me? Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. To taste is a verb. In verb form, refers to testing of a goods or, or by means of a sense of taste. In the primary act of tasting, tasting, tasting develops into the idea of evaluating a sample. In other words, that's what it means. Tasting is not consuming. Tasting is trying. 
That's what David's saying. Why don't you try it and see he's good? Just get it a sample, all right? How many of you do not like to try new things food-wise? All right, one, two. How many of you eat the same thing all the time? I mean, I could tell you, I could have called some of y'all by name. You're going to eat the same thing every time as long as they've got... If you ever go to dinner with Jeff and Stephanie, she'll look at you and say, we can go anywhere as long as they got chicken, t- chicken tenders. That's my fallback. Taste of the Lord and see that he is good. God is a God of variety. And you can be picky in the physical, but don't you dare be picky in the, in the spiritual or you're going to miss out on a whole lot of God. A whole lot of God. There's some people that that only taste of the God of salvation, and they don't realize that there's also a third person of the Trinity known, the whole, known as the Holy Spirit. Amen? We're going to get to that at the end of the sermon. The Holy Spirit. In other words, tasting in the noun form represents to discern or having discernment. Some of us need to discern some things better in our lives. Guess what? When you get a taste of Jesus in your mouth, then other things aren't going to settle too well. All right? How many, how many coffee drinkers I got? I ain't talking about some iced up, cream filled. I'm talking about those of you who drink the real stuff. Only two people in the whole church. Starbucks has ruined this world. But true coffee drinkers, they'll, they can tell you good, good beans from bad beans. They can tell you, all right, most of your night shift workers can tell you what real good coffee is. Amen. Amen. How many of you can tell, I'm going to go way back. This ain't going to include any of this generation. This is going to be all of us 80s kids mostly. How many of you remember New Coke? Nasty watered down Pepsi they put in a can. New Coke. And I'm going to tell you, a real Coke drinker could tell the difference between classic and new. Huh? In other words, good and nasty, you could tell the difference. Now, how many of you, you, you connoisseurs of cheese, you like cheese? Okay, I went to my sister-in-law, and brother, my brother and sister-in-law's house, and she made a lasagna once for me, and, and I sat down to eat it, and I said, you used imitation cheese. She goes, how could you tell? I said, I can tell. <laughs> Don't you slip that cheap stuff on me. I can tell. Come on, guys. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying some of us are settling for an imitation walk with God when God has something good and real and rich and deep. Oh, he's got something more flavorful than you've ever experienced. If you'll just taste and see that he is good, you're going to want to order the main course. You're going to want it in your life because you're going to realize that life without him is not living at all. Life without him, absent from him, you can find, and somebody says, that's right, pastor, there's no joy in a sinful life. That's not what the Bible says. You need to read what the Bible says. The Bible says that there is joy, or there is, there is a season in which sin brings joy, it brings fulfillment, but it's a season. And just like seasons change, hopefully summer will change to fall eventually. 
But just like seasons change, guess what? When sin has run its course, it will change and it will leave you hollow and empty and lifeless. I'm going to tell you, you can party it up all you want, but there's a payday at the end of that life. There's a price to be paid at the end of that life. And there is joy in sin, the Bible says, for a season. In other words, talking, this was talking about Moses, who said, Moses forsook the pleasure of Pharaoh's house for the suffering of God's people. Moses said, I could live up good for a season. But how could I do that when God's people were suffering? What kind of taste is in your mouth this morning? Think about that. We're getting ready to wrap it up. There's two things that the Apostle Paul and David both spoke of, of tasting in the heavenly gift. And the sense of taste includes most of the other senses, sight, smell, and touch. And certainly this is also true of spiritual things. In Hebrews, the sixth chapter, it reads, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and, take, and be taken forward into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and, and, to death and, of, uh, and of faith in God. In other words, he's saying, look, we're not going to backtrack here. He's talking to the Hebrew people. And he said, we don't need to backtrack here and lay a new foundation about what Jesus is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I don't need to go back and share that again. I've already laid that foundation. He goes on and he says, uh, in other words, instructing about uh, cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. In other words, he says, if I have to, I'll go back. I'll do it again. But then he goes on and he says, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted, there it is, the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God, the powers of the age to come, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Paul is getting really strong here. If you believe he's the author, he's getting really strong here. What is he saying? He's saying to you and I, he's saying, listen, if you have tasted of the Lord and you've seen that he is good, if you have tasted of Jesus, there is no other option but Jesus. He says, you can't go back. You got to realize who he's talking to. He's talking to Hebrew Christians. He's saying, you can't go back and reapply the law of Moses and go back and go to sacrificing animals because there is no need for anything else because when Jesus came, Jesus did it all. He was the spotless lamb of God he died on the cross and for you to reject that it's impossible for you to find another path to God he is the way the truth and the life he is the one that opens up a smorgasbord of God he wants you to taste of him this morning and know there's more to him I wonder if anybody needs a plate of joy this morning I wonder if anybody needs a serving of mercy this morning of grace how many need something in their life that is more than what they've had taste of the Lord and see that he is good maybe you've experienced salvation but now you're trying to go back and find another path there is no other path there is no other way he goes on, he says, for those who have tasted it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened in other words, you saw Jesus the heavenly gift now, Pentecostals get this wrong 
and tasted of the heavenly gift. The heavenly gift is Jesus. The heavenly gift is Jesus. That's what he's pointing out. And then he tacks on to that, who have tasted of the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit. We taste of him, Jesus. He's the heavenly gift. He said, but also have shared in the Holy Spirit. He's saying to turn around and say, that's not the path. You're never going to find your way. I brought a cup out. This is a communion cup that I keep in my office. And I've, I've shared this illustration with you before. But you see, if we're not careful, all we'll find is bitterness in this life. There's two things that are necessary to enjoy the goodness of the Lord. And that is for us to be willing and for us to be open to receive whatever he has for us. And sometimes that's the spirit of correction. Teachability. To enjoy God's goodness involves us trusting God on a whole nother level. Trusting him will ensure us true blessedness. We must trust and follow the Lord and forget the things of the past and the things that are behind us and press on to the things that are before us. Too many of us, and I'll probably have this on my tombstone, live our life looking in the rearview mirror. Too many Christians are focused on past experiences with God when God has something new and fresh for you today. New wine into new vessels. New wine into new vessels. The Bible says that Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what was that prayer? Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. I've heard the cup described as many things, but the true biblical description of it is found in the book of Isaiah when you're talking about the suffering servant of God who would come, Christ. And the cup that is described in the book of Isaiah is not the communion cup that you and I share, but is the cup of God's wrath. And into that cup was poured all the wrath and the holy anger of God. That's what Isaiah said. And so when you tie that into, because he's speaking of the suffering servant, to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, what, three times, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. What was it? It was the cup of God's wrath that you and I should have drank of, that you and I should have been experiencing. And Jesus said three times, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, God. Father, your will. So on Calvary's cross, Jesus took the cup of God's wrath. He drank it till there was nothing left. And he said, it is finished. God's wrath is finished when you know him.
quit blaming God for your troubles. Because God took all your troubles and he drank them down on the cross. Quit taking God and using him as the scapegoat for why everything goes bad. And realize he drank the cup so you wouldn't have to. Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Some of us, we don't serve a good Lord in our minds. We serve a Lord that is sitting there waiting to take the cup of wrath and pour it on us at every excuse. But that's not the scripture, and that's not backed up by the word. Will you stand? Enjoying God's goodness is trusting him. Trusting and being assured that he is, he, is, he is true in all that he has said. We must trust and follow the Lord, forgetting the things of the past, and pressing towards the things that are before us. There is no want to them that fear the Lord. That's what the scripture declares. Now, my forever family, we must taste of God for ourselves and not lean and depend on other people's testimonies. I'm glad that God blessed your grandma, but you're not your grandma. I'm glad that God used your mom or your daddy or someone in your family that impacted you for the gospel, but guess what? Their experience with God is not shared. In other words, I can't get saved for Paige and Peyton. They have to taste of the Lord for themselves. You can't rest on other people's accomplishments and say, well, because that was my, you know, my mom and dad did great things for the Lord, so I'm going to rest on them. God says, Phil, taste of me and see that I'm good. Experience me for yourself. You know, that'd be a bummer to go and to a great restaurant and sit down and have everybody order, but you didn't order, and all you could do to experience the restaurant is say, how was that? It looked wonderful. How did that taste? Man, Darren, that looked great. Was it really good? You're like, well, you can have some. No, 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 it's too expensive for my taste, but man, it sure looked good. Well, that's what some of us do is we experience what others experience. We listen to them and we try to rest in that. And God says, I got a testimony I want to give you. <laughs> testimony of being free, <laughs> delivered, set free from the things. I want you to know my salvation. That's why I can't get saved for my kids and you can't get saved to your kids and you can't get saved for a friend and some of y'all trying to get saved for a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you realize you can't do it. They have to choose God for themselves. And if they don't want to choose God, you better think twice, especially if you're dating them because you ain't going to change them once you get them. Only God can do that. And they have to choose him. House of God would be full if people could choose God for people. But they can't. A couple of more thoughts and then we're, we're going to wrap this up. 
The Bible declares that some men's moral perceptions are perverted and they have called good evil and evil good. Doesn't that describe our world? They call bitter sweet and sweet bitter. But I wanted to end it on this note. I can say without a doubt, I have served the Lord since I was eight years old. That does not mean I've been perfect since I was eight years old. As a matter of fact, I probably failed more than most people in this room. But the mark of a true believer is not a quitter. It's somebody that gets up, dusts their knees off, and they keep on going. Amen. Amen. Toby wouldn't gain a yard if he quit every time he lost one. You listening to me? Hear me today. The mark of a true believer is you get back up, dust your knees off, quit blaming everybody else and start moving forward towards what God has for you. Because I can say without a doubt, Jesus isn't bitter, but he is sweet. He's honey in the rock. He's manna on the ground. Oh my goodness. He will satisfy and fulfill your life. Some of us are living an unfulfilled life this morning, whether we're here in this room or watching at home. God wants to restore you today. If you'll just reach out and say, you know what? I'm ready to come to the table. I'm ready to come, and whatever he has there, I'll willingly partake of it because I want everything God has for me. And I realize everything on the table is for my good. For my good. As everybody bows their heads in this room. I wonder if there's anybody here saying, I need to taste of the Lord. I need to taste of him this morning. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all over this room. Amen. There's some others. Come on. I need to taste of the Lord. I need, I need God in my life. I need God in my life. There's some others. I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you're raising your hand, I want you, if you take, take a step, come. Come to the table this morning. And symbolically, that just means come to the altar. I want to introduce you to him this morning. Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Don't be afraid this morning. I'm telling you. See, fear is of the devil. Fear is what he'll put in your heart. But if you raise your hand, you're saying, Pastor, I need this this morning. I want you to come. There's no judgment here. We just want to love on you. We want to show you Jesus. Just want to show you the Lord this morning. Come on. Take a step of faith. Take somebody by the hand. Say, I'm not going by myself. You go with me. You go with me. Come on. Take them with you. Let God do a work. Let God do a work in your life. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid this morning. I promise you, you the, the enemy's trying to tell you, you don't really need to do that. I'm telling you, if you'll take that step of faith, God's going to bless you this morning, and you're going to leave here with hope. You're going to leave here with joy. You're going to leave here knowing that God is with you. and God is for you. Oh, there's some that need to come. Come on, there's others that need to come. Make your way out. Just take a step this morning. Just take a step this morning. Let the Lord bless you this morning. I'm going to ask our intercessors to come and help pray with some of these this morning. Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's believe God this morning. Let's pray this morning. Amen.
We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.